Wednesday, July 27th, and not a good morning to be Jerry Mills. Not at all, no. Uh, no. Under a lot of scrutiny, but man, that's got to be the worst call I have ever seen. The worst call you've ever the seen? The worst, yeah, because it was like something, I think, from Major League where, you know, the ball got there about, uh, you know, 30 seconds before uh, the, the runner. And, uh, you know, yes. I, I've read some things this morning that, you know, maybe he got the call right, but I don't see how he possibly could. No, I, mean, I saw a picture of I actually haven't seen the highlight yet, and I didn't stay up for the entire game. So what we're <laughs> yeah. talking about here is the Braves and Pirates, a six-hour, 39-minute game. It was the 19th inning. Yes. The Braves scored the winning run, and, and uh, Julio Lugo, I believe, it was, Lugo, was yeah. out at the plate. And uh, Jerry Mills called him safe, but looked like he was clearly tagged out. But so kind of a, a crazy game. And I stayed up for about 15 innings and, and that was it. That's all I could handle. But this is Fantasy Baseball Today, and we're here to help you with your fantasy team. Scott White is out. Yesterday I said Scott White was going to be out until next Tuesday. He felt badly, didn't want to correct me on the air, but Scott is going to be out until next Thursday. Well, it's so, just yeah. a soft landing. So, you know. Are you prepared, though, to step up? I'm ready. Okay. Well, we're going to start the show talking about Ubaldo Jimenez, actually. But first of all, the Mariners have lost 17 in a row. I was thinking about making them three down. but All I, three? Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought, you know, we'll mention it. They've lost 17 in a row. They're awful. Uh, Jack McKeon and Davey Johnson managed last night in the Marlins Nationals game. Combined for 149 years and 57 days of life. That is the oldest managing duo since 1950. It's amazing. Well... I mean, I got to wonder who those guys were back in 1950. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And one – okay, so here's our, here's our Baldo Jimenez note. I found right. this very interesting. He's reading Scott Miller's story today. He quoted two scouts, and scout number one on Baldo Jimenez said, quote, quite frankly, he's not the same guy as he was last year. Before, when he needed to go get it, he'd hit 100 miles per hour. When I saw him in Denver, he'd reach back to muscle up, and it was 95. Scott Proctor threw harder. If Ubaldo at sea level is 91, 92, 93, he's not the same guy. Scout 2 said, I can't imagine Jimenez going anywhere. If he's on a real friggin' contender, <laughs> it says that. He's a number three right now. Something's missing. So I thought that was interesting, but I'm, I like Jimenez. And then his home road splits for the first scout who said, you know, he throws 91, 92, 93 at sea level. On the road, he's got a 2.83 ERA. At home, he's a 5.55 ERA. So if he gets traded, I feel like that is huge for his fantasy value. I absolutely agree. Um, I just I don't find any of the stuff all too compelling. Uh, you know, sure, I'm a little concerned about the loss in velocity, but the fact is that his results since about mid-May forward have been very good. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, the scouts probably see a lot of things that I don't, but. Um, you know, I think there is a good chance that Jimenez is going somewhere, and wherever he goes, it's probably a good change of scenery for him. Are you ready for three up, three down? Oh, I'm ready right now. Do you know where three up number one went to college? I do. It would be the University of Miami. Even without looking at the name on the uh, <laughs> on the notes, you just I think I probably would have yeah, yes. figured that out. Three up number one is Yonder Alonso. He was the seventh pick in the 2008 draft. Called up by the Reds after they traded Johnny Gomes to Washington. 
So here comes Yonder Alonso, and he doubled yesterday. Yeah, and he definitely belongs in three up because Alonso, I mean, he's going to have to split time with Chris Heisey and with Fred Lewis, but he'll probably get uh, half or more of that playing time. So uh, Alonso is somebody that people do need to look at in mixed leagues. Standard ones, 12-team and shallower. Uh, not, not a rush there because not a big power bat, but good on-base potential for Alonso. Would you say he has the most boost of those three guys you mentioned, Lewis, Heisey, Yonder, Alonso? Absolutely, yeah, because Heisey and, and Lewis were filling in already as it was. Lewis will probably lose some playing time. Okay. Uh, Alonso clearly, um, you know, just getting called up gets the biggest boost. Justin Upton is three up number two. He's red hot. 15 for 26, three home runs, 13 RBIs in his last seven games, Al. Yeah, shameless plug time. Uh, it's been <laughs> since May since I've done a Lucky Unlucky column, so there's going to be one uh, on a CBSSports.com site near you soon. Upton's in it. And he's on the lucky side. Oh, yeah? So he's had a very good season. Uh, I don't want to overblow this because his power is for real. But part of what's generating that power is a lot of fly ball hitting. That doesn't really mesh with his 300 average. I think over the next two months, you're going to see that average go back down a little bit. But the power's there. And in fantasy, that's really what matters more. Three up. Number three is Derek Lee. He drove in five runs on Tuesday, collected four hits against Toronto. And he's owned in 41% of leagues. Yeah, well, you know, it's a good game for Lee, but it's been a pretty awful season for him overall, and uh, the, the skill decline for him has been pretty sharp and pretty steady, so uh, I am not very encouraged by just this one game. Would you rather have him or Justin Smoke right now, who's just been awful? And the Mariners have lost 17 in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing. If, if, if Smoke were on a different team, I wouldn't hesitate to say Smoke because I think he's going to rebound a bit, but um, actually I probably would rather have Lee at this point. All right, so three down, other than the Mariners, three down, number one, two, and three. Jimmy Rollins is number one. He is one for his last 20. Now, he was red hot before that, and he only has two strikeouts in those 20 at-bats. So yeah. does this one for 20 concern you at all? No, not too much. Um, and, you know, throughout the season, you know, we've talked about a lot of slumping players. And, I mean, just about anybody can have a bad slump for four or five games, even a little longer. And you're right, Rollins really had – played very, very well up until this recent uh, slump of his. So I'm not worried. I actually expect him to get out of it pretty quickly. Here's a three down that's coming up tomorrow. Unless, you know what? I'm just going to say no matter what happens tonight with Matt Kemp, he's going to be in three down tomorrow. He's not having a very good July. Not a lot of power. He's been slumping. I think he doubled in a run yesterday. He was going to make the show yesterday. He was going to make the show today. I'm putting him off till tomorrow, so be ready for Matt Kemp. Martin Prado. Went 0 for 9. 0 for 9. In one game. In one game. He's 1 for 22 now in his last four games. Are you concerned about Prado? Nah, I'll uh, do a, a repeat of what I said for, for Rollins, which is you know, 22 at-bats. Not really a big sample when it comes down to it. And Prado has been so consistent. And the thing that's encouraging to me about Prado is that when he came off the DL, he really started hitting right away yep. uh, for average and for power. So it just looks like a slump. And... So he goes 0 for 9 in one game, if you're worried about that. Jacoby Ellsbury went 0 for 8 in one game a few Sundays ago when they played that marathon against the Rays. Yeah. And he uh, bounced back just he, fine. He's doing all right. Sure. <laughs> but, but three up number three is interesting. Or three down number three is Alex Avila. So he really has not been even close to elite in the last month or so. Yeah. Um, and this one's the most concerning of the three. Um, you know, but that said, I still am not really – any lower on Avila than I was a month ago. Um, 
the June that he had was definitely a bit over the top. So he overperformed for a while. Now I think he's really underperforming. I don't think that this this month-long stretch for him means that he's not one of the better fantasy catchers. You, but you he, think he's up there still? I still do think he's up there. But um, you know, certainly not as good of a hitter as he showed for most of the first half and certainly not in his hot month of June. Now we look at the rotation. Five pitchers from Tuesday's games that caught our eye. And Joe Saunders is first in the rotation. Now another good start for Joe Saunders, who's owned in 24% of leagues. And he, you know, he faced the Padres, but a complete game, one run allowed. Yeah, he's been better lately, and we've taken a look at him a few times in recent weeks. Yeah. Um, this doesn't really change my opinion, though. It is the Padres, and yeah, I mean, we discount them pretty much every time. Well, even anybody... Cliff Lee couldn't handle the Padres. Yeah, that's true. He's not a, a juggernaut here. I mean, they did. They swept the Marlins. They uh, hit Cliff Lee pretty hard. But no, they're still the Padres, and uh, Saunders is still too inconsistent, particularly in terms of his command, to really be trusted uh, in a lot more leagues than what he's in. What do you make of Jordan Zimmerman, second in the rotation? He has been struggling. He has allowed six earned runs in each of his last two starts. And, you know, is fatigue setting in maybe? What do you think? I think so. And, you know, this is just pure speculation because I haven't seen reports on any of these guys, any of these rookies. But it seems like just about all of them are succumbing to this. Pineda, Pineda, excuse me, uh, Hellickson had a rough outing the last time out. Uh, Brandon Beachy's had his struggles. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these are all guys that were on a pretty strong roll before the All-Star break and up until recently. So, it to me, it seems like more than coincidence and all of them have some innings concerns so does that mean Zimmerman's not a must start uh, I wouldn't say just yet Um, not after two bad starts sure Jake Peavy 74% ownership only started in 28% of leagues six innings four runs against Detroit six strikeouts are you still hopeful for him I am still hopeful, not to say that there there aren't any danger signs uh, lurking in his numbers. And the one thing from the start against the Tigers was zero ground ball outs. Uh, that's generally not a good thing no, unless maybe you're uh, like a Padres or a Giants pitcher and you get to. I don't, I don't know. I just don't see it with Peavy. I just don't think he's the same pitcher. Well, he's no, he's not. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue that he is the same pitcher that he was before. But still, really, I mean, aside from. That span of games right after he came off the DL where he really did have problems locating the strike zone. Generally speaking, including on, uh, on Tuesday night, good command of the strike zone. Ability to get, get not as many strikeouts as he did back in the day, but you know, still a decent strikeout pitcher. Not going to kill himself with walks. Um, the fly ball thing is, is a concern, especially since he does pitch half of his games at U.S. Cellular Field. That's the thing at this point that I, I worry about the most with him. But I still think there's hope for him to have a good rest of the season. So in your mind, is he more than just a marginal mixed league starter? No, I, I wouldn't, actually. I just think that uh, a lot of people see him as something worse than that. But no, he's, he's not somebody that uh, I would start every week. But he is somebody I would consider every week. Okay. Brett Myers and Jake Westbrook are in the rotation. Both have been pretty solid in their last three starts. Here's Myers in his last three starts, and they faced off last night. Uh, Myers' last three, six innings, three runs, seven innings, two runs, eight innings, three runs. And Westbrook, five innings, two runs, eight innings, two runs, six innings, one run. Myers is owned in 49% of leagues. Jake Westbrook is owned in, owned in 27% of leagues. And I'd like to see Westbrook's number go up. Yeah. And Myers maybe go down a little <laughs> bit. I'm not trusting Myers still. And in two of those last three starts that you mentioned, three home runs in those two games. But he's gotten away with, uh, you know, with it because he hasn't been giving them up with, with guys on base. Um, 
you know, we're going to talk a little bit later, I think, about Jake Arrieta. Yes. And he's going to be a cautionary tale for what happens when you give up too many home runs and you do have guys on base. Yeah, but Westbrook, you think, could go up a little I bit. I think so because what I, you know, I thought earlier in the season I was surprised that Westbrook wasn't doing better. And he is a consistently better pitcher in the second half. Now, I don't always buy into that. I think sometimes it's just coincidence. But he does have a very steady track record of doing better later in the season. And, and he has improved lately. Mm-hmm. So You take him over Joe Saunders? Absolutely, I would. So we move on to the injuries, news, and notes. And you know what? Let's talk about Jake Arrieta right now. Because if he does any serious damage to Jose Bautista who is helping me win one of my fantasy leagues, and he hit Bautista in the head last night with a pitch. I'm removing him from CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball next year, You're Jake Arrieta. Take him out right yeah. out of the database. You can't do that to Jose Bautista. I think, well, then you have to just have to take him out of Major League Baseball to ensure Five. that that doesn't happen. Five. Because I agree. I think, you know, the, the fantasy world had a collective gasp last night. Yeah. Uh, and I did, too. I mean, the success that I'm having in, in leagues this year is – I think almost solely to having him on a lot of rosters. So, um, yeah, that was a scary moment. Fortunately, he seems to be yeah, okay. Yeah, he seems to be okay. He took a pitch off the helmet, but uh, they're downplaying it. He's day-to-day. He might even play tonight. Brian McCann, though, that is bad news. Brian McCann is on the DL with an oblique injury. Here's what Freddie Gonzalez had to say. Quote, not a bad oblique, and we get him back in 15 to 20 days. End quote. Obliques are tricky. They so are. that seems like an optimistic outlook, Al. I agree. Uh, it's possible. But uh, you can't just uh, chisel that one in stone because you're right, they're tricky. They can linger. Uh, so, And that's a big, big loss because McCann has been outstanding this year. Let's look at some catcher replacements for Brian McCann. Guys that are owned in just over half of our leagues. We'll start with them. Ionetta, Suzuki, Lucroy. Who do you like? I like Ionetta um, by a large margin over uh, Suzuki and Lucroy. Just uh, not that it could have an impact on his value if he leaves course. Ian has been the target of a lot of trade rumors lately. So, but even so, I still think that his power will translate to a lesser degree uh, to other stadiums. So, um, even if he gets traded, I, I like Ionetta the best out of this group. And some catchers who are owned in less than fifty percent of our leagues: Miguel Olivo, John Buck, Carlos Ruiz. Out of that group, I'm not really liking any of them too much. I'd say probably. Probably Buck um, by a slim margin over Ruiz because Buck does offer some power. But I'll tell you, a guy I probably like better than Olivo, Buck, or Ruiz is the guy who's going to replace McCann in Atlanta, David Ross. Oh, yeah? Who is probably, unless I'm forgetting somebody, I think he's the best backup catcher in baseball. And he can hit for power. You can't expect him to hit for a high average. But um, solid defender, so he'll get a lot of starts, but also a pretty good bat. Do you like him better than Ionetta? No, I don't. So you'd go with Ionetta. Over David Ross. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Lance Berkman's going to have an MRI on his shoulder. That's uh, not good. It doesn't seem like they're panicking yet either, but never want to see a guy get an MRI. Vladimir Guerrero came off the DL. Does that matter to you? Uh, no. No, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Deeper mixed leagues, uh, sure, that's going to have an impact, but uh, anything shower than that, not really a factor. Yesterday we talked to you about Kevin Euclid, who had a hamstring injury. He missed yesterday's game, but... The news looks good on Euclid. Should not be out too long as of now. Yankees third base situation got interesting. Eric Chavez or Chavez returned from the DL and he started last night. And he was good earlier in the season before he got hurt. Now, I think the main impact here is on Eduardo Nunez, who's owned in 44% of leagues. I think it could impact Nunez negatively and 
become a timeshare almost until A-Rod gets back in a few weeks. Well, that's not what Joe Girardi is uh, telling reporters. So if you're a Nunez owner, I think you got to be happy about that. He said that Nunez is still his guy, that he was just giving him some rest, uh, getting Chavez in the lineup there. Not to say that that scenario couldn't play out, but uh, for now, there's no reason to worry if you're you're a Nunez owner. All right. Gabby Sanchez day-to-day with a tight hamstring. Greg Greg Dobbs stepped in yesterday, Al, and drove in five runs. Um, but uh, any any insight here on the Sanchez injury? No, um, but the report is that uh, he'll be back soon. He could possibly be back Wednesday. Probably not going to be up for very long. couple more notes. Justin Morneau experiencing some migraine headaches, but they are not related to his concussion. But that rehab just gets longer and longer and more and more setbacks. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say longer. It's not like uh, his timetable has been pushed back. But another thing for him to combat here. And Kyle Loesch should make his next start Friday. He's dealing with a finger injury, so he should be able to pitch on Friday. More from Around Baseball, and then we'll get to Al's quick pitch, and we'll get to a couple of emails. Uh, CeCe Sabathia, Justin Verlander, Jared Weaver all pitched yesterday. I truly believe CeCe Zabathia would have thrown a perfect game if not for the rain delay. I mean, he was facing the Mariners, and he was amazing up until the rain delay, and then he got a little rusty. He had two rain delays, in fact. But he struck out 14, and he's got 15 wins. Jared Weaver has a 1.79 ERA this year, and he 14 wins, 14-4. and four. Justin Verlander is 14-5 and five with a 2.34 ERA. Would you do anything with any of those guys or just leave them on your roster? Leave them alone. And I know I talked about a month, month and a half ago about maybe trying to trade Sabathia because he wasn't off to a very good start. Um, I think I needed a little history lesson because he never gets off to a good start. No, but he's also having one of the best stretches of his career. Yeah. You could not have foreseen that. I couldn't have foreseen it. It's not that he hasn't done it before. And, you know, I, I – Probably think of him as older than he is. Maybe it's the body type. Right. Maybe it's because he's been around a while. But um, Sabathia's fine. Weaver's fine. Verlander's fine. One thing I saw about Verlander that kind of worried me was his pitch count because he threw 125 last night. His pitch counts in July have been 129, 119, 110, 126, 108. June's the same thing. But then I look back at the history. It's always like that. Always, I guess yeah. I just kind of forgot. He is a horse. That's what I was going to say is, you know, you can go back a lot farther than June. You can go back to last year. In <laughs> fact, I remember on this podcast about a year ago talking we about talked about this, that. And uh, he's just not very efficient, but he's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and he's not very affected by it either. No. Danny Duffy was Scott's quick pitch yesterday. Scott was encouraged by Duffy. He had not been walking a lot of guys, but he yeah. got hit. He got hit around. He walked three Red Sox. Did not make it through four innings and gave up six runs. Did strike out five though. He's owning twelve percent of leagues. Danny Duffy. Yeah, and uh, so that good control just evaporated uh, against the Red Sox. And you know, I don't know if maybe he was uh, being uh, you know more fearful. Uh, you know, not trusting his stuff as much. But for whatever reason, um, you know, his command was way off last night. So probably I'm reading too much into it. It's just a, you know, a young rookie who's probably going to have some struggles. I just, I, I wouldn't, I don't care who I'm, who I am. I would not want to face the Red Sox right now. They're yeah. just <laughs> on fire. It's unbelievable. So Jake Arietta was your quick pitch yesterday. Yeah. And I have a horrible memory as we just discovered with the Verlander thing, but I do remember you saying maybe a little underrated right now, whereas he was overrated at the beginning of the season. So Arietta, other than hitting Bautista in the head, <laughs> got a win in a bad start, four runs in five innings. Does this change your opinion of Arietta at all? No, not at all. Um, and I probably should have had a little bit of a disclaimer. 
in the quick pitch yesterday because I had said, you know, he hadn't been good lately, giving up a lot of home runs. Well, the start yesterday was in Toronto. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's, true. that's, that's true. a tough, tough venue for anybody, including, by the way, Arietta's opponent, Brandon Morrow, who had an even worse game. Yeah. So, which is how Arietta wound up with the win. So, no, not a, not a good start for Arietta, but I still think he's a guy that you can use um, in, in better situations uh, than what he had last night. So, and, and all four runs he gave up, by the way, were by way of a home run. An Adam Lynn three-run shot and an Aaron Hill solo shot. So, uh, if he can avoid the home runs... He's going to be okay. Scary quote from Vance Worley. Scary for the rest of the league. He said, quote, I think I'm figuring how to pitch now, end quote. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Maybe he'll get on track. Complete game, three (laughs) hits, two runs in San Francisco. And also Joe Blanton is probably out for the year. So Worley is safe. Yeah, I mean that would have affected Kyle Kendrick probably at some point if if Oswalt and Blanton were back. But it is still good news for, for Worley. Um you know, he's not getting tired right now, but obviously he hasn't been throwing all year like the others, not in the majors. Right. Yeah, I don't know what his total inning count was. I mean, he did start the year in the minors. If you recall, they sent him back down to work on his stuff, so he kept pitching then. You know, so again, that my theory about these rookies, um, you know, struggling because of the innings count, well, you know, probably should apply to Worley, and clearly it's not. Well, there's probably something different about going through the grind of major league hitters all season. True. So, um, yeah. but you know, Worley obviously you got he's a must start at this point, right? I wouldn't say no? must start. Um, it, this looked like a good week for him because of the matchups. Yeah, I still think he's getting overrated, um, and I do expect a downturn from Worley. But uh, you know, he's he's certainly improved from earlier in the year, and while he's not a must start, you can certainly start him a lot of weeks. Well, Ryan Howard heard us talking about him yesterday. He was in three down, and then he homered and doubled. Josh Tomlin pitched eight innings, allowed two earned runs against the Angels. So he's a guy owned in 86% of leagues out, but Tomlin's only started in 52% of leagues. Is that the right approach with him? That is exactly the right approach. Doug Fister, having a good year, but he's 3-12. and 12. Uh, How do you approach a, guy, approach a guy like that, excuse me, <clears throat> um, whose you know, ERA is good? He's a good pitcher by all accounts, but he can't win. Yeah, just no run support, not too shocking, given, uh, given the lineup uh, that uh, is trying to score runs for him, the Mariners. Uh, and I, I, don't remember, I don't remember what his record was last year, but I seem to re- remember a similar situation where the one-loss record was so out of sync with his other stats. Um, but you know, I think with anybody who pitches for the Mariners, you have to give them a little bit of a discount, even Felix Hernandez, yeah. uh, because of the lack of run support. Jay, okay, I'm going to just read some notes here. If anything jumps out at you, you, you let me know. Jay Bruce went 0 for 5 with four strikeouts yesterday. Bad day for Bruce. Skip Schumacher is having a big July. He's batting 368. He's only owning 5% of leagues. Adam Dunn homered. He also struck out three times. <laughs> so I guess that would be the all or nothing thing with Adam Dunn. Yep. Marlon Bird is hot, Al. He doubled yesterday, four hits Sunday, homer on Saturday. He's owned in 30% of leagues. Another lucky-unlucky guy, except he is neither lucky nor unlucky. He's been hitting for a high average, but he also leads the major leagues in line drive rate. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's a little under-owned, 30%. I think he's very under Hitting over 300, and, and he did it last year too, right? Uh, he had with a pretty good average, I believe. Yeah, I mean, his average is usually decent, but he's hitting, I'm going to go on a limb here and guess, I think about 30 points above his career norm oh yeah so um but i mean he's again leading the major leagues in line drive rate that's gonna sustain a a high batting average cj wilson was roughed up by the twins and uh the only thing i have to say about that not an all-star all right i have very good pitcher but not an all-star all right 
Let's let's play blind pitcher comparison. Okay. Okay. All right. Pitcher. Do I have to close my eyes for this? No. <laughs> All right. Just don't look at my sheet. Okay. All right. So pitcher A has struck out 8.4 batters per nine innings, walk 2.7, both pretty good rates. Mm-hmm. Has a ground ball rate of 49 percent. Pitcher B. 8.1 strikeouts. So is a ground ball rate of 49% good? Yes, it's good. Okay. Typical is low 40s. Okay. So um, pitcher B, strikeout rate of 8.1% as compared to 8.4 for pitcher A. Mm-hmm. Walk rate 3.0 okay. as compared to 2.7. So uh, can we agree? Pretty similar. Little worse, yeah. pitcher B, but pretty similar. Ground ball rate also 49%. Okay. Uh, one of them is clearly C.J. Wilson. Okay. The worst one, the slightly worst one is C.J. Wilson. Let me see if I can get the other one here. All right. Go Roy Halladay. Well you, well, you shot a little too high, but it's Felix Hernandez. Yeah, Felix Hernandez, I think, is a little overrated. But didn't you, he was in your column of, of uh, guys who benefited from easy matchups or no? He Well, he wasn't uh, – yeah, you're right. He was in there. He has done better against – a lot better. Yeah, against the worst team. I saw his stats. I think against the AL East, and they're not pretty. Well, I don't know about the AL East, but the the non oh maybe that's what the, it was. the non Western teams. Uh, yeah, he has an ERA I think around four, which is clearly not very impressive. Right. It may have even been higher than that actually. Yeah, I don't. He's not having that great of a year. Not having that great of a year. Certainly not as great as last year. But I I would not argue that he's not an All Star. Felix. Yeah. If it were his rookie year, and you knew nothing about him in the past. You could argue that he's not an all-star. I, I can't dispute that. That's a, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, even if we just stick to the ratios that he has, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty darn good. So, Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. I, you know what? I could agree with you that C.J. Wilson is not an all-star, but not because of his numbers this year. He's putting up all-star numbers this year. But, he's a very good pitcher, but he's not great. That's well, my opinion. If he can keep up what he's done this year, even with yes, uh, yesterday's stats included, uh, I think he's a great pitcher. Let me ask you this. But he's not, not an all-star because he hasn't done it for more than one year. Well, I don't even believe and in I that. Don't, well, let me go that's back fine. To that. uh, let me ask you this. If you had game seven of the ALCS and C.J. Wilson had the ball, would you be confident in him? Yeah. You would? Yeah. No, not, not there yet. Not the, not the first pitcher I would go for. Yeah, of but, course not. But uh, you know, if that were my team I was rooting for and it was him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Let's talk about Brandon McCarthy real quick. He's been struggling, but last night, eight innings against Tampa Bay and allowed one run, just three strikeouts, but he's owned in 24% of leagues, which is right around Jake Westbrook territory, um, right around Joe Saunders territory. How do you rate him with those he's guys? He's so much better than, than either of those guys. Um, <laughs> he is. You know, he's okay. not quite the ground ball pitcher that Westbrook is, but this year he has been a good ground ball pitcher, got 10 ground ball outs on Tuesday night. Uh, that's what you want to see from McCarthy because that's what's been missing from his last few starts. But what hasn't been missing is really, really good strikeout-to-walk ratios, um, and that's always an encouraging sign. So uh, McCarthy is really under-owned. Colin Calgill went 0-4 with two strikeouts. Keep an eye on him. We talked about him yesterday. And if you were looking at that Dodgers bullpen, Kenley Jansen recorded a save for the Dodgers, but Javi Guerra, who we said is basically the guy now. He had worked three straight games, so I'm guessing that's why Kenley Jansen got the save. Um, real quick, just want to clarify my stance on C.J. Wilson because I don't like to be the one who gives out fantasy advice. My beef with him is not necessarily a, as a fantasy pitcher. It's as a whatever real-life pitcher. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where my opinion is coming from. Fantasy, he's been, he's been very good this year. He's certainly outperformed 
expectations yeah. of him on draft day. Let's quick pitch now. One player in each league from only one guy today, Al Melchior, starts with Nolan Reimold, who was originally going to be part of the show, and I saw he was your quick pitch, so I removed him. But we're thinking along the same lines here. Yep. And he homered yesterday. Luke Scott is out for the year, so there's an opportunity there. What do you think about Reimold? Two podcasters, one brain. <laughs> kind of kind of amazing. So, uh, yeah, no, Reimold, uh, he, he did belong in the show one way or another. He, uh, as you mentioned, Luke Scott is out, so Reimold gets a chance to play probably very close to every day. And uh, if you go back two years to his rookie season, he was sort of a fringe standard mixed league guy then because of good power, decent batting average. I think the batting average was a little bit of a fluke. He's not hitting for as high of an, an average this year. And I think you can expect that because, again, this is a guy who generates a lot of power by hitting a lot of fly balls. So he makes a lot of fly outs, but he does have six home runs already in just 35 games. That is is a pace that he can keep up, and that's enough for him to be considered in uh, at minimum deeper mixed leagues. And right now he's only owned in 3% of leagues total, so right. obviously that is way, way, way too low. I'll give you a couple names that come to mind. Reimold or Hideki Matsui? Reimold. Lance Nix? Reimold. Pick him up. Zach Greinke is Al's NL quick pitch. He's owned in 97% of leagues, started in 85%. So, yeah, go to the other end of the spectrum. And uh, the subtitle of this quick pitch is Scott White was right. Oh. Uh, because he and I had a, a conversation uh, just after a podcast a couple days ago. We had an email where somebody sent us a long— Without me? Was, we'll invite you next time. Okay. Next time we talk about Zach Greinke <laughs> or anybody else. But we had an email on the air that where they gave us a long list of pitchers, and we were asked, I think, to rank them or, you know, which guys do you pick up. And Greinke was on the list, and I almost included him among what I considered sort of the bottom of the list. And Scott gave me that look that Scott can, yeah. can give, which is, are you crazy? <laughs> and I said, well, he's given up so many home runs. And he said, well, I think that's a fluke. So I looked into it, and Scott White was right because um, Greinke's given up 13 home runs in 87 and third innings, which is – atrocious, but almost all of them are short-distance home runs, like 350, 360 feet, um, and that goes along with his home run per fly ball rate, which is way higher than it is normally. So that's something, if I had looked at it, would have you know been a kind of a fluke alert for me, but uh, didn't do enough homework on that. Well, there was no time to do homework. Cause yeah, it was right the on email. the show, right. But when I had a chance to do the homework, I realized that Scott was correct and that Granky should be much better going forward than he's been in the past. So Very cool. Granted, he's universally owned, almost low, universally struck. Buy low, But buy low on Granky, absolutely. It. And if you have him on your bench, you should probably get him off of there. And what do you get when you combine Nolan Reimold with Zach Granky? You get a guy who's owned in all leagues. <laughs> That's, there you go. Three percent, ninety-seven. Looking at the names, uh, you know. Oh yeah, right. no, no, uh, nothing, nothing clever. Grank rolled mold or something like that. Um, all right, let's go to the emails. DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. I'm just going to read a couple today. Uh, DMac is first. Twelve-team head-to-head league. Would you drop Adam Dunn or JJ Hardy for Desmond Jennings? Dunn is currently on my bench. JJ Hardy is at utility. Uh, my outfield is Jay Bruce, Brett Gardner, Curtis Granderson, and Logan Morrison. And we have a 30-move limit in our league. This would put me at 16. So would you drop Dunn or Hardy for Desmond Jennings? I think you could um, justify dropping either. But given the choice, I would drop Hardy. Um, in fact, I do have him in the podcast couple league. couple homers yesterday. Yeah. It's, you know, like I said, you could go either way. Um, I've got him in the podcast league. He's uh, sitting on the bench behind Rollins. I think there's enough depth there at shortstop that, uh, you know, if you already have a, a decent shortstop, Hardy is – it could be expendable. And Matt 
says, Hello, Fantasy Death Stars. I'm in a very close playoff race. I'm in talks with another owner, and we have two trades on the table. Either I give up Reddick and Worth for Jay Bruce, or I give up either Romero or Carpenter and Jason Worth for Ryan Braun. My other pitchers are Halliday, Daniel Hudson, and Danks, and I could pick up Beachy, Lukey, Hughes, Cologne, or Cobb. Who would you take and what deal would you make? Um, I also size more and chew on the DL. All right, so let's review here. Mm-hmm. Deal number one is giving up Reddick and Jason Worth for Jay Bruce. Deal uh, th- that's yeah, a, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without even comparing to the other one, I think that's, that's a good deal. Oh, yeah. Um, and deal number two is giving up either Romero or Carpenter. I guess if you can choose, Carpenter would be the guy, I right? would absolutely choose Carpenter. So let's say deal number two is Carpenter and Worth for Braun. And I like that one, too, because uh, while Carpenter's been better lately, I still think he's uh, downgraded himself to uh, you know, closer to being lower end in standard mixed leagues. And um, you know, his ERA and WHIP are pretty close to league average at this point, and that's with him you know, being better of late. Uh, and then you know, Worth, who has struggled for an elite outfielder. So I, I, think, yeah, I think that's a great deal. It's a great deal. It's an awesome deal. I don't know who you're dealing with. That, who, that he's an idiot. So do that. Uh, and, okay, pick one here. Beachy, Lukey, Hughes, Cologne, Cobb. It comes down to Beachy and Cologne. I think I would go Beachy here. All right, Al. Thank you, sir. That's, wow, quick emails. We're done. Done for the day. And we'll be back tomorrow with Social Media Thursday. So tweet us and follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy News and Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy Jeremiah, our producer. Thanks a lot to Jeremiah Thermidor. He's awesome. And Al Melchior. I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you tomorrow.